There is a certain test that challenges you and your concentration. A certain test that makes you think and count. It's quite interesting, your ability to concentrate. This comes in a video, maybe you've seen it. There are people with white shirts on and there are people with dark shirts on and the people in the white shirts throw a ball to each other and the people in the dark shirts throw a ball to each other and the test invites you to pick a team, either the white shirts or the dark shirts and count the number of times that they throw the ball to each other. That is testing your concentration. Ignore everything else the test says. Just focus on counting the number of throws on your team. So the concentration test unfolds and you watch people run around and throw a ball and you count 7, 8, 12, 13, 19, 21 and, it, and then it's over. And at the end of the video you answer the question and if you followed the white shirts how many times did they pass the ball and if you followed the people in the dark shirts how many times did they pass the ball 7 9 12 13 19 and there is a right answer but it moves along quite fast and then after you guess the number of throws in the test testing your concentration there is a question did you see the gorilla? And most people, so focused on the game and the counting, say, what? A gorilla? Yes, it's a real question. A gorilla, amidst this busy game of people running around and throwing the ball, white shirts and dark shirts, so you go back and you watch the video again, and sure enough, Halfway through this crazy game where you've been so busy watching and counting, this guy in a gorilla suit walks across the stage, stops, and then walks along to the other end of the stage right off. You think, is this a different video? Who could miss that? A gorilla in the middle of this game. But almost everyone misses it. It is a concentration test. And what we learn from this is this. What we focus on often determines what we see. What we are looking for often blinds us to everything else that might be happening. What we see are usually the things that we expect to see. It is a great gift to be able to focus, a great gift to be able to concentrate, but it has a flip side. The very act of focusing like a camera, you focus on the foreground and the background is blurry. Or you focus on the black background and the foreground may even disappear. What we focus on usually determines what we see. We can look at a mountain. We can see hardwoods and changing leaves maybe we can see a great place to take a hike and enjoy the wonderful outdoors and nature someone else can see the exact same scene and he thinks he could make a million dollars by blowing it apart and mining the coal out of it what we see determines 
what we focus on determines what we see. The story comes from a really great podcast. It's called Learning How to See. And it's three really faith-filled and smart writers, Brian McLaren and Richard Rohr and Jackie Lewis, and they talk about faith in this way, learning how to see. And their dynamic conversations and their insights delve deeply into this important topic. What we actually see, how we see, is often colored or affected or filtered by so many variables and biases and perceptions and limitations. Jesus cares very much about how we see, what we see, how well we see, Listen to Matthew 25, and remember, we're striving to be a Matthew 25 church. Listen. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. And then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked. You gave me clothing. I was sick. And you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you, a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked, and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick, or in prison, and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to the least one of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and You didn't visit me. And then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't take care of you? And he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it, you didn't do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I suspect you caught the wording there, the wording of this parable about seeing. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty? When was it that we saw you a stranger or naked? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison? 
Jesus cares very much about what we see. And what we see is so often affected by what we want to see and what we might be looking for, what we focus on. And Jesus is always trying to help us see better, see God's plans, see God's purposes, see God's ways. In fact, Jesus wants us to learn how to see so that we can work with God on healing the fractures of the world. Jesus wants us to learn how to see so that we can be God's agents in the world, moving our lives, moving the world closer to what God intends. Remember, way back in the early pages of the Bible, especially in Deuteronomy, God promises, I will be your God. I will be your God. And the corresponding part of the covenant is that we seek to be God's treasured people. God's treasured people. To be God's treasured people doesn't just mean we bask in God's goodness and care. To be God's treasured people means we are to worship and serve. It's not just about being saved by grace and loved and held. It's about what we do with our lives. God's treasured people. It's about the way we move our lives and strive to move in the world and move our lives and the world closer to God's new reality in sync with God. Choose is a really favorite word of Deuteronomy. Choose this day how you will live. We have to choose to live in sync with God and God's ways in the world. Through all of Jesus' teachings, we learn what living in sync with God looks like. We are the salt and we are the light. We love and we forgive. We share what we have. We spread peace and hope. We spread justice and joy in the world. Page after page, this is what Jesus is teaching us. And then when we get to Matthew 25, we are for sure called to focus. We're called to see. See a certain segment of society, the poor and the lame, the hungry and the naked, the stranger and those in prison. We're here to make a difference, not just assume we are God's treasured people. We are here to make a difference, to mend the fractures of the world a day at a time an act at a time for as long as it takes to make the world a place of justice and compassion where the lonely are not alone and the poor are not without help and where the cry of the vulnerable is absolutely heard. This is what we do as God's treasured people. Learn to see and help the needy and the hurting. Learn to see and care for the outcast and the stranger. Learn to see and serve in the ways, syncing our lives up with what God intends the world to look like. As one mystic put it so well, because this is God's world and we are God's people, someone else's physical needs are my spiritual obligation. I love that. Someone else's physical needs 
or my spiritual obligation. The choice is never between faith and works. It's always our works that faithfully express who we are and what we believe. It's putting Christ back in the word Christian. Jesus is trying in story after story and especially in Matthew 25 to help us learn to see. Works and faith are never separate. We're always learning to see in ways that change us and change everything about us. In writing about this particular passage, chapter 25 in Matthew, preacher and uh, theologian and professor Tom Long writes that all through Matthew, Jesus has been a great teacher. And this is the last parable in Matthew. This is really his final teaching, his parting lesson, his cumulative moment in his teaching ministry. The passage starts out when the Son of Man comes in glory. This is the same Jesus who we met in Matthew 1 and 2, surrounded with great suspicion and anxiety about his birth in the world. This is the same Jesus who was a baby and had to flee for his life for Herod was after him. This is the same Jesus who had, quote, nowhere to lay his head and is now seated at the throne of the royal throne as king. He was rejected by people in his own hometown, as we know, and now we read all the nations of the world are gathered around him. So see, by Matthew 25, we have come a long way with Jesus, and this is his final teaching, parting words about judging, judging everyone, separating the sheep and the goats. So the Son of Man pronounces judgment, and the Son of Man separates the sheep and the goats. For the sheep, the, the news is good. They're given divine blessing and are revealed as the true heirs of the kingdom of heaven because they provided food and they provided drink and hospitality and clothing and care for the Son of Man. And as the goats, for the goats, they are condemned. They're cast into the darkness because they supplied none of those ministries, even though the Son of Man was hungry or thirsty and a stranger and sick and in prison, they provided nothing. But this is not just a, a morality tale. Do good and you receive life. Do not do good and you're cast aside. That's a familiar parable found in lots of places. The interesting and powerful point here in this story is this. Neither the sheep in helping and loving and serving saw Jesus in the midst, nor the goats in their indifference. They had no clue that they were rejecting, were rejecting not seeing the Lord. Both groups said, Lord, when was it that we saw you? When was it that we saw you hungry or naked or in need? And the answer, as we all know, whenever they acted compassionately, Whenever they acted with great care or did not act that way, they did it to Jesus Christ. We all assume, or certainly we hope, to be the sheep. But the real issue is singular. It's all about compassion. It's all about 
care. It's all about seeing and living with compassion and care. Jesus is everywhere present in the world. We are to act with compassion and care because Jesus is everywhere present in the world. There is an old proverb that's very poignant and helpful, and it says this. There are ten strong things in the world. Rock is strong, but iron breaks it. Iron is strong, but fire melts it. Fire is strong, but water extinguishes it. Water is strong, but the clouds carry it. The clouds are strong, but the wind moves them, drives them. The wind is strong, but humans can withstand it. Humans are strong, but fear, fear weakens us. Fear is strong, but wine removes it. Wine is strong, but sleep overcomes it. Sleep is strong, but death stands over it. What's stronger than death? Acts of genuine compassion and care, love, sympathy, empathy, attention for others, especially the least, the less fortunate. That is stronger than death. When human beings choose to act with justice and generosity and kindness, well then, learning and love and decency will prevail. In these very challenging days, Jesus keeps trying to help us learn how to see. See so we can act always with love, compassion, help, and care wherever we find ourselves. That is the way. May we go that way together, following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, show us your way day after day. We seek to follow. Fill us with your Spirit so that we can be powerful instruments of love, compassion, and care in our needy world. Amen.